Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, once again, so good to be with you all this morning. I uh, hope you're doing well with the uh, Red Letter Challenge. Uh, I mentioned it just a moment ago. Just a reminder, we still got the books and all the exits, so please pick one up. And basically, as a remember, the red letters in some of our New Testaments are the words of Jesus. And so we're asking during this, se- this series, what does it practically look like to follow the words of Jesus, to put them into our lives. And so we're doing that across the board, right? In our worship services, in our sermons, in our life groups, in our daily challenge, in our families, in our youth ministry. We're coming together around these words of Jesus. And we're doing two things. And it's nothing that we've invented. It's what Jesus said in in the Sermon on the Mount at the end. He said, hear my words and put them into practice, right? Uh, Eugene Peterson, he paraphrased it, right? These aren't the words of Jesus. They're a paraphrase of them, but he put it this way, Matthew chapter 7. We looked at it last week. These words I speak to you, these words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. They are homeowner, they're not homeowner improvements to your standard of living. Jesus is saying they are foundational words, words to build a life on. And if you work these words into your life, You're like a smart carpenter who built his house on solid rock. The rain poured, the river flooded, the tornado hit, but nothing moved that house because it was fixed to the rock. Those are awesome words, a reminder that Jesus' words are words to build our lives on and also to work those words into our life. That's the red letter challenge, right? Hear the words of Jesus and live those words. And just a reminder, we've been going through it. If you look at the whole New Testament, you look at those red letters of Jesus, you can, you can boil it down to basically five different themes. And these are the themes we've been looking at. Being, forgiving, serving, giving, and going, right? Being with God, spending time with him in the spiritual disciplines, right? Forgiving, being forgiven by God, but also living a life of forgiveness. Serving, we're going to talk about that today. Next week, giving, we have a generous God, we're generous people, and going, we're not only the hands and feet of God, we are also the mouthpiece. We represent him, we go and we tell people about Jesus. But serving is our week today, and we live in a culture, and I don't know if you've seen it lately, in our culture, we've sort of grown in the area of service a little bit. More people are serving out there in the world. But I think if we're honest with ourselves, we still live in a culture that in many ways pushes back against the idea of serving other people. I mean, we're a consumer-oriented society, right? We have whole industries around consumption, right? Consumer Reports magazine. Everybody ever read that magazine? I used to subscribe to that thing. I'm a consumer, I admit. Um, I'll go down to Costco to pick up a $5 jumbo bag of chips, and I'll end up spending 500 bucks, right? Because I'll see all sorts of things that I, knew I, I never knew I needed before once I got in there, including a life-size teddy bear by the name of Rosie. He's been, she's been in our family for many years. It was only 29 bucks, right? I mean, it's this big. How could I not buy that thing? It was really fun putting in the minivan on the way home. That's another story. But anyway, we live in a culture that's like that, right? Our culture caters to this consumer mentality. We even have a term out there called retail therapy, right? And along with that comes a sort of subtle deception in our lives, And we start to believe that getting more and being given more stuff and material goods and favor and attention, it's going to make our lives better. Pastor Zach, who wrote the Red Letter Challenge, he quoted this guy who talked about this sort of consumer mentality. 
And the words are pretty powerful. This guy said this. He said, a company will promote their quality, their value, their style, service, selection, convenience, savings, performance, experience, low rates, friendly service, name brands, easy terms, affordable prices, money-back guarantee, free installation, free admission, free appraisal, free alterations, free delivery, free estimates, free home trials, free parking, no cash, no problem. No kidding, no fuss, no risk, no obligation, no red tape, no down payment, no entry fee, no hidden fees, no purchase necessary. No one's going to call on you. No payments until 2021. And don't forget to pick up your free gift, right? A classy, deluxe, custom designer, luxury, prestige, high-quality, premium, one-of-a-kind pencil holder. Yours. Yours for the asking. No purchase necessary. Why? Because you're that important to us, right? You hear that rhetoric out there in the world, and the subtle subtext is, yeah, we love you so much because when you buy our product, you make us millionaires, right? But that mentality, it's affected our thinking. The American mindset is that the, cons- the customer is always right. And businesses and restaurants, they try to make it easy as possible for the consumer to have it just the way they want it. You remember Burger King, right? Remember for 40 years, their slogan was what? Have it your way, right? And we heard that. We're like, that's right. I like that. I'm going to have it my way. And in many ways, we've turned into a consumer-minded nation. And unfortunately, at times, that sort of mindset seeps into the way the church is, right? Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't go out there and find a church that's good for you and your family and it's a good fit, but some people, some Christians are actually constantly changing churches, right? They're not happy with the preaching or the worship or the life groups or the youth ministry or the donuts or the whatever, right? And they'll change churches every six months because they never find what they think they're looking for, right? It's based upon a classic battle between consumption and contribution, selfishness versus selflessness, being served and serving others. And so Jesus' words for us today, they give us a different perspective, and I think it's a freeing perspective, a real perspective, that I think it actually resonates with humanity's experience. Jesus highlights the importance of us to have lives that contribute contribution over consumption. In fact, there's a well-known story uh, in John chapter 4. Jesus, uh, he talks to this Samaritan woman at the well. Love that story. Uh, That story in itself, Jesus breaks all these cultural barriers. But there's a little part of the story, that well-known story, that after the woman goes away from Jesus back to the town and the disciples, they are there with him, they had gone to town to buy some food, right? Probably not at Burger King, probably didn't have their own way. But they get back, and John records this conversation. John chapter 4, verse 31. It says, meanwhile, his disciples urged him. They said, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I love this. He said, I have food to eat, consumption, consuming. I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And right, the disciples, they didn't always get it, right? So in verse 33, we see they're saying to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, verse 34, Jesus said, my food, the thing that nourishes me, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus is saying that life is more than us consuming food, both literally and metaphorically. In fact, he's saying that true nourishment, it goes beyond just a life of base consumption. Jesus is saying that we are nourished by a life that contributes a life that serves others. 
In fact, in that story, Jesus looked out and he saw this village. The woman went back to the village and the village is coming out to see him, coming out to see Jesus. He felt more revitalized, more rejuvenated, more filled, more nourished when he was serving others and leading them to give glory to God, leading them to faith. Now, in this whole Red Letter Challenge, we've said there is a time to consume, right? There's a time to be with God. There's a time to be forgiven. There's a time to be served. That's our relationship with God in Jesus Christ. In our discipleship pathway here at St. John's, connect to God. We say that. We connect to God right now in worship. We connect to God when we read his word and we, we're doing our daily challenge and we're in the word and we're talking about to God and, from, and we hear God, words from God. And we talk about it's important to consume, but it's important to consume the right things. When we consume Christ, when we take the Lord's Supper this morning, when we receive his word, when we receive his grace and mercy, that sort of consumption, it always fills you. It fills the deepest part of you. Costco, on the other hand, right, it promises to fill you, but it always leaves your pocket empty, your soul empty. It never really fulfills you. The right thing to consume is God and his grace, his salvation, his mercy. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it's classic Lutheran verse, right? We love this verse. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, right? We don't serve to get right with God so that no one can boast. And then St. Paul continues, and he says, In Jesus Christ, nourishing our whole life goes beyond consumption to contribution. In verse 10, he says this. He says, We are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We were created to do good works. We were created to love other people. God prepared us to do that, to serve other people. Now, most human beings, I think, most human beings, they experience something powerful when they serve someone else, when they help someone out. I mean, even secular psychology acknowledges this today. And I personally believe it's because every human being is created in the image of God. You know, God, we started the service in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? God, in essence, is a community of loving persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, loving, caring, serving each other. And so when we do something that serves another human being, it's like we're living into the life that we were created to be, the image of God. But I think in Jesus Christ, it goes even to a more deeper level, more sacrificial, humble level. Christ recreates us. He restores us to be restorers. See those verses again, verse 10, Ephesians 2, verse 10 says, we're God's handiwork. We're an, an art piece. We're a work of a craftsman. We were uniquely created in Christ Jesus to do good works. God prepared it in advance for us to do. Now, in Jesus, we are compelled. We are called to serve other people. We're called to do it at selfless levels. But just a reminder again, it's all a result of being in him, abiding in him. Our gospel reading, if you look in the handout there, John 15 talks a lot about it. But two of the verses there in verse 4 Jesus says, these are red letters, Jesus says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. 
Jesus says, I am the vine. You're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Jesus is saying our good works, our good fruit, that doesn't save us, right? But those good works, those good fruits, they come out of our lives because we are saved, because we're connected into the vine. Our good works, hear that again, our good works can, cannot bring us salvation with God. But our good works can bring salvations, salvation to others. God doesn't need our good works, but our neighbors need our good works. In fact, that was God's plan from long ago for us as humanity to be his representatives in the world. And that's like a crazy idea, right? I'm going to use a bunch of sinners to be my representatives in the world, but that's what he does. He uses us broken people, us broken off branches. He grafts us in and he produces fruit in our lives. The Old Testament reading from Exodus chapter 19, it says it. It says it this way. It says, this is God speaking to Moses at Mount Sinai. He says, you will be for me. He's talking to Israel, the whole nation. He says, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, right? Priests were representatives of God to humanity. The nation of Israel was called to represent God to all nations. St. Peter said it hundreds of years later too. He said, you're a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession." that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. And then in verse 12, he says this, live such good lives among the pagans. A better translation is nations or the Gentiles. Live such good lives among the nations that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. Good deeds are good works for other people. That's serving others. Peter saying, your service to someone else just might cause them to glorify God, to believe in God. Well, Jesus said the same thing, but in different words. Matthew chapter 5, Sermon on the Mount, these red letters. Jesus said, let your light shine. Let that light shine before others that they may see your good deeds, your good works, your service to others. And as a result, glorify your Father in heaven. Come to faith. So we serve. We do good works so that other people might know the Heavenly Father's love, a love that we've all known, that we've come to experience from the greatest servant of all. Marco read those words a moment ago from St. Paul in Philippians chapter 2, some of the greatest, greatest words. Theological terms, they call it the canonic Christ, the Christ who empties himself. Verse two, or chapter 2, verse 5 says this, in your relationships with each other, all right, the way we relate to anyone, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. That's not a consumer mentality. Verse 7, he said, rather, Jesus made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. We serve others. We serve others because he first served us. He served us with humility. He served us with sacrifice. 
He served us by giving up his life for us on the cross. St. Paul is calling us, he's saying, have that same mindset, that way of Jesus, that way of humility and sacrifice and love and service to other people. And when we read those words from Philippians 2, you know, we're thinking, okay, am I going to be called to die for someone else? Most of us in the room are probably not going to be called to serve other, other human beings by dying for them. But we are, all, we are called to have the same mindset, a mindset of serving others in humility and sacrifice. And so, my friends, if you don't have the red letter challenge, please pick it up when you're leaving today. In this week's challenge, it's going to call us, invite us, challenge us to serve others, not to get right with God, but because we are right with God. It's going to challenge us to love and to serve those that can't pay you back. Love and serve your neighbor. That's those who are in your life that just come in cross with and they need your gifts and your abilities. It's going to call us to serve and love children, to serve and love the sick and the poor, to serve and love the community that we live in. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of proud of the work that God has been doing at St. John's in the past number of years. He's, we've taken good steps in serving others. I mean, under Pastor Nathan Hausch's leadership, we've been able to make a bigger impact in our community and in the world. And even though he's up in Rockland now, it doesn't mean we're not going to continue to grow and, and, and be led in that way. And if you're looking for ways to serve others, to share Christ, you just go on our website, click on the Share Christ button. There are all sorts of opportunities with GraceWorks, Kenya, and Fourth Saturday, foster care ministries, safe families. Also in your handout that you have there, right? We talked about it, that blood drive is coming up. The Compton Initiative, just two weeks away, October 19th. And it has information about our next uh, servant mission trip to Juarez, Mexico, uh, a house build in 2020. But actually, our next house build for Casas por Cristo uh, is actually going to be next weekend. And uh, Damien Ramirez is one of our members who's going to be going down. In fact, Damien, why don't you come on up? Uh, we're going to pray over you. We're going to send you out. Come on up, Damien. While he's coming up, uh, just to let you know, Damien went on our Juarez mission trip last summer, right, Damien? It was this past summer, right? Yeah, just this past summer. Um, and with Pastor Mark was there with him, and they went down to Juarez, Mexico, built a house with Casas por Cristo. And Damien's like, I can't wait till next summer to go back. He's like, I want to go back sooner. And so he's going back this next Sunday, or this next week, right? And uh, going to build a house down there, and it's going to be great. And so we're going to pray over Damien. We're going to send him as a church, as a missionary, as a servant of our congregation in just a second. But uh, Damien, I, we had a great time talking this week, and I'd love for you just to share a little bit with us uh, some of the importance and why you want to go serve in this capacity. Well, we, basically, I decided to get actively involved with the church and uh, do more towards serving and spreading the word of God um, because of my experiences and how blessed I have been and fortunate. Um, when I reflect and I go back 30-some years ago, I actually get to relive a lot of those moments of those people down there and uh, the conditions that they live in. And it just reminds me of how blessed and fortunate I am to... And now have an opportunity to go back and just show them, you know, that God is real. And I'm a living testament of that, that, you know, the blessings are, are there. And when I get to serve, it's actually very fulfilling for me because 
again, being in that situation 30-some years ago, I know that I have been very fortunate and blessed. Yeah, love that, Damien. I uh, love how we were talking about how our own experiences shape the way we serve God, you know, and the way we can give back and the joy we receive uh, from that um, I'm grateful for you, for your desire. Also grateful for your service to our country in the Army. It's an honor. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, And as I was thinking about you, I would like to put this slide up on the screen there if we could. Um, These are the red letters of Jesus uh, from Matthew chapter 7. It says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And I just love the idea that you're going down to Juarez to build a home to build a house on a strong foundation for a family that doesn't have one, maybe never would if it weren't for your service. Um, but the other side of it is, is it is that you're putting those red letters into your life and you're building your house, your life on the rock of Jesus Christ by letting those words seep into your life, into the foundation of your family. So um, thank you for serving uh, the Lord. Thank you for serving our country. Thank you for serving our brothers and sisters in Juarez. And and uh, we're grateful for it. So let's pray for Damien. Let's send him on his way and ask God to continue to bless him. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for Damien. We thank you for the gifts and abilities you've given him. Thank you for his service to our country. We thank you, uh, most importantly, for his service to you and to your children, to your people uh, who live in Juarez, Mexico. Bless him. Keep him safe on this journey down there. And Lord, we praise and thank you for the gifts and abilities you've given him that uh, he can lead and work hard to uh, serve those who are less fortunate, serve those who cannot give him anything in return uh, when it comes to the material possessions of this world. Pray, Lord, that this house bill just goes great. And by this great work, this good work of serving others, uh, this family and the community around them would glorify God, would come to faith and hear hear and feel and experience the Father's love. Bless Damien and the whole team at Casas por Cristo and bless their ministry of serving others and those who are less fortunate than us. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give it up for our brother Damien, his service to the Lord. And uh, pa- Pastor Mark wanted to be here. He's preaching over at our sister church at Peace, but Pastor Mark was with Damien on the trip this past summer, and Pastor Mark said, Man, you cannot keep up with Damien, man. He could build a whole house by himself. So thank you. Thank you very much, Damien. God's bless you, brother. Appreciate your service to the Lord, man. All right? All right. All right. I'll take that. Yeah.